Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dayton Park's coming up an hour from right now. Hoping you're having a good Friday before the holiday weekend here. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) politics in the 1 o'clock hour. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, So President Biden made a decision about pot users we're going to get into here a little bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not really a political, political story, but he was the one who did it. So uh, yeah, the news came out late yesterday that he has decided to pardon all marijuana users since the beginning of time, regardless whether you have been arrested or tried or whatever. But if you've used pot, in a way that would get you a federal charge, and that's an important part of this, that you will not be prosecuted for that. This is kind of a step maybe toward uh, encouraging Congress to take marijuana off of Schedule 1, which really it never should have been on Schedule 1 in the first place, but that's a much longer story. There are it's, – it's not a bad move, in my opinion, but the problem with it is, is it doesn't really accomplish much. Because it doesn't cover sales and, you know, it only covers marijuana use. So if you were selling and you were arrested on a federal trafficking charge or a federal uh, possession, not possession with intent, but, but actual sale of marijuana at the federal level, this does not cover that. It only covers your personal use. And what I'm curious about is whether possession with intent to sell is a piece of this as well. Because that's where some of these federal charges have come from in the past. The problem with it is the number of people who have actually been arrested and prosecuted at the federal level Mm -hmm. for possession or use is Mm -hmm. tiny. Feds don't care. The feds don't care if you're using it. They care if you're distributing it or taking it across state lines. Baby steps, right? And so I'm going to guess that's why he did this is it's it's a little thing. There's a lot of symbolism to it, like you said. It it affects, if we see how this goes. You're right, it's not as impactful as it could have been, but it's a step. Yes, and, and it doesn't, as they pointed out in the article, it doesn't affect anybody who is arrested for possession or use at the state level because the federal government can't do that. You know, right. he, he can't get involved and say, okay, if you now Missouri is already in the process of expunging now that marijuana is legal, expunging the records of people who have. But for example, if you're sitting in prison right now, or you did a prison stint in Kansas where it's still illegal, even on the medical level, 
then that's not going away. If it was a state charge, that's going to stay on your record. But if it was a federal charge, that will come off, that those pardons will affect everybody. Okay, so you were making the comment earlier that it's a little more complicated, and, and we went through some of that already. Um, I just asked myself, how close are we ever to having a bigger vote federally? And I laugh a little bit because Kansas still doesn't have yeah. legal anything. Um, how close are we to getting any work, to even having a vote? Yeah, I don't know if federally we'll ever have a vote. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen like that. That that would much more likely, I think, although, I mean, I've been surprised before, uh, th- that would more likely be, first of all, a congressional action to take it off of Schedule 1 and mm-hmm. then congressional action to legalize. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, th- and they don't really have to because even though as has been stated before, and this is accurate, if somebody at the federal level wanted to crack down on Missouri, Colorado, Illinois, blah, 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 on down the line and raid every dispensary, send in the FBI and raid every single one of them, they could. There's no desire to do that. Um, But there also doesn't seem to be any desire to move on marijuana at the federal level. Not yet anyway, because the states are kind of taking it over themselves and doing what they're doing. Okay, I know it's political, but it's some of you are texting in and it's okay if you're on the other side of it. That's okay. I mean, call and and we can talk about the other side of it, too. Um, Yes, I did say it's a step. Someone said it's a step in the wrong direction for you. You might think so. That's okay. Uh, One more move towards supporting drug use in this country. Well, that's a pretty broad statement. It's not supporting all drug use. It's supporting legalizing I mean, there were drugs that, you know, previously, this goes different ways sometimes. It's supporting this drug. Right. And yeah, keep in mind, before 1933, it was legal. So, I mean, it wasn't until after Prohibition went away that we started changing the federal laws in terms of of marijuana use. And there were a couple of reasons why that happened. One was you had to have something to do with all those former uh, Prohibition agents. And what did Mm -hmm. they do? Well, they made them DEA agents. Um, and, And the other piece of it is at that time, marijuana was largely used by two communities here in the United States that uh, that, you know, again, in the 1930s, if you were black or Mexican, nobody really had a problem with making your drug illegal. Yeah. Feel free to join the conversation here. Uh, we can go first to Mike in Topeka. Let's do that. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, so this makes me wonder about situations involving uh, marijuana and firearms. Um, specifically, the one that comes to mind is that lady who her, her child got a hold of her firearm and, and shot you know, I fired it and it came to light that she admitted to using marijuana and that when she purchased her firearm, she lied on the form. form, Yeah. On the four, four, seven, three background check, you know, it asked if she uses illicit substances and she said, no, obviously that was a lie. So I wonder in those cases, because she is just a user of marijuana, would she get pardoned or not? She would still get pardoned, but only for the marijuana use. So the lying on the form, the form hasn't changed. And and under this pardon, it won't. So they can still have a provision that says, are you a marijuana user? And if so, we'll deny you. They can still do that because yeah, that, that, that doesn't involve any legal punishment for using the drug. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'd still, you know... It, it, I'm curious to see, I guess, then moving forward, how they would approach that same thing. You know, is it, are they going to specify on the document, 
you know, are you an, an illicit substance user, marijuana excluded, or, or something to that effect? Um, I'd be curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, it could be. And uh, thank you, Mike. And the other thing that I wonder about this, because and I'm going to have to go through and read the text of it to find out, because this seems to only affect past. You know, th- this isn't. And okay. by the way, you have a you know, a, you have a get out of jail free card going forward for any possession, you know, any federal possession charge. Um, I, I don't know if this is now carte blanche at the federal level to use marijuana without fear of prosecution. This is only for past uh, past wrongdoing, I guess. There is a provision in this um, for people that have been denied housing or jobs or whatever it is because this is on their record. It's not automatic, but they have to apply. There's a form they fill out and they apply and they get a form that shows the pardon that they can show to the landlord or the whoever it is that this pardon went in place. Yes. So and because at that point you're being punished for the use, um, right. you know, not, not for lying on the form or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, and that was really what he says was the impetus for doing this is that it created a system where housing and employment became unfair based on nothing more than a potential conviction for marijuana use. But as we said at the very beginning of this, most of those marijuana use convictions and marijuana possession convictions, the overwhelming majority are state level charges. So, right. yes, it's a nice thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to move the needle much in terms of helping people get housing and get jobs who weren't able to before. Yeah. If you want to get in, 913-586-7798. Still to come, we go to Oklahoma. We've had yet another case of a man who served over 40, it was close to 50 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. He should be entitled to the money, right? Oklahoma says, yeah, but not that much. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ. The National Registry of Exonerations says this case is the longest prison sentence, the longest time that a person has served behind bars for a wrongful conviction. This is longer than I've been alive. This guy's name is Glenn Simmons. He's now 71 years old. He was found guilty in 1975 for a murder that he has always claimed he wasn't even in the state to have been able to commit. We'll get into some of the details, but basically um, you have a judge now that had overturned that conviction saying that there was evidence that was not turned over to his defense team. Mm -hmm. And so you get to current day, the conviction is overturned. He is, again, 48 years behind bars for a crime he did not commit. Yeah. He's 71. Give him a life of luxury for as long as he lives. Not to mention the fact that he is a cancer survivor. Actually, he's in treatment right now for cancer that was discovered following his release. Give him the universe. Why we make this process not us. Why? Well, we don't make it easy either. Why we have not figured out a way to streamline this process to financially compensate people like him is beyond me. Oklahoma's not making it easier now. They're trying to make it harder. Yeah, and and they're what what his compensation package entailed. And by the way, the the crime itself was a robbery homicide. It was a liquor store. Somebody went in and robbed a liquor store, shot the clerk. That's what he was eventually blamed for, but was not there. Absolutely was not there at the time. So here we are almost 50 years later. The the case was overturned. They let him out 
He was uh, he was found to have cancer. He's now in treatment for that cancer. And again, he's 71 years old. His entire adult life, just about, has been spent behind bars for something he did not do. His entire life was stolen from him. He's eligible for up to $175,000 in compensation from the state of Oklahoma. That's it. And if State Representative Cindy Munson has her way, that number will change to 50,000. I'm going to start with 175,000. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's pathetic. This guy, this guy should be set for life, especially at the age of 71. I don't know what formula gets you to $175,000 and we don't know how long he's going to live. This guy should be. Don't put a figure on it. Just pay for everything forever. <laughs> yeah, for, right. For whatever he's got. What do you want, buddy? Okay, here yeah. it is. What is her justification for wanting to lower it so dramatically? I, uh, well. Oh, let me guess. She doesn't give one. Money. No, yeah, exactly. No, there isn't one. Uh, Until the bill becomes law, this is according to Yahoo News, uh, he's living off GoFundMe donations. So he doesn't even have the money yet. And again, he's got medical bills because he's at, he has cancer. Uh, that's gone up to $100,000, surpassing his initial goal of $50,000. And, yeah, as, as far as any justification from Cindy Munson, there's not one given in this story. John, I have to tell you, I'm looking at uh, a different version of this uh-huh. that says the opposite of what we just said. You're right. She wants to change it to 50000 a year. For every year spent. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, my, my apologies on that. Um, there, there was... Oh, now now I have to go through and try and find it because there was an effort to lower the number uh, down into the uh, into the seventy five thousand dollar range. And it's not in this version of the story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the fact that they're trying to make this much more difficult on him, uh, like you said, one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, just even on the face of it, doesn't begin to make up for what they did to him. Yeah, I want to go back to the part about, um, because there's a line in the AP story that says compensation is years away. Why? Is the state going to fight the overturning of his conviction? Because he might die in between. He's a 71-year-old guy who has cancer. We stink at this. Yeah. As a country, we stink at this. Um, because it's, it's, it's always that way. It's, it's always, it's never a quick write a check and let it be done. It's heaven, you know, let's make him suffer more. Now, I assume the GoFundMe is, is got a lot in it, um, but it shouldn't be complicated. It, cut him the check. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the state of Kansas uh, is one of those that does exactly what they're trying to do. Uh, yeah. $50,000 per year of incarceration. Texas, believe it or not, is one of the leaders in the country on this with $80,000 per year of incarceration. And you start to do those numbers and you think, okay, 48 years, if they were able to do it at $50,000 a year, that comes out, uh, if I'm doing the math right, uh, so that'd be $100,000 for two years, $2.5 million. Okay. Which is a little closer to what? What would be acceptable for spending that amount of time in, in, in you know, behind bars for something he didn't do? Yeah, I don't even know how you come up with the figure for this. Um, so we don't know, so we just put round numbers on it, 50000 a year or whatever. Some of you were pointing this out on the text line, and we've talked about this with local cases before. You don't know what he would have done with his time. Maybe he would have been cured cancer. I mean, maybe he would have been, maybe $2.5 is it? Maybe he would have made 
500,000 a year while he was out. You'll just never know. 50, 000, I think they came to the 50,000 figure at one point because it was like the average income in the state. Which makes sense. Yeah, because you, you have to base it off something. Um, but don't just stop there. I mean, take care of all of his medical care. You know, he didn't put into Social Security, so he's not getting that while he's out. He didn't, there's no health care available to him. He can get Medicare at this point, but take care of all of his medical care. Give him a place to live. And it's not just that, but it's the, it's the part that you can't put a number on. It's the, he doesn't have family. I mean, I don't know what a family he's got left. I don't know if he had kids before he went in, but you know, he's 71. I mean, who knows what he's got left? Um, how do you make up for time like that? You can't. I mean, there's no way you can do it. Even with all of the money in the world, there's no, you can't buy this guy 48 years of his life back. And you know, as much as they, they make fun of this in movies like Shawshank Redemption of saying, yeah, there's nobody guilty in here. Everybody in here says they're innocent. But he really is. And can you imagine being in that situation where every time you say, I didn't do it, I wasn't there, everybody around you goes, yeah, neither was I. <laughs> you know, right. uh, sure. And they don't believe you either. Um, and yet you've got to serve time for all of this for that amount of time. And it's not like prison is a cakewalk. <laughs> you right. know, it's it's not like... It's not even just that they took away 48 years of the the middle part of this man's life. They forced him into a situation where he was in the worst place you could be for that 48 years. I, yeah, um, I, I've said this. This is why the, I don't the death penalty is this is why I don't support the death penalty. I don't we don't need to have that conversation, but the system gets it wrong. Um, he was originally on death row. It was capital murder. Yep. He was originally on death row. And then there was a Supreme Court decision, U.S. Supreme Court decision at one point that reversed, didn't reverse it, but made that life in prison. What if he had been on death row? Sure. What What if he had been put to death for this? Yeah, that, that was the, if I'm not mistaken, that was the same Supreme Court decision that let Manson live because okay. he was also originally sentenced to death. And uh, and there was a, a nationwide moratorium for a period of time. So those were all commuted to life in prison without parole. But yeah, that's where he was. And and they just they were never going to let him out until somebody figured out he didn't do it. And it only took him 48 years to get there. Tanya in uh, Kansas City wants to do a little talking on this. Hi, Tanya. Hey, how's it going? Going well. What do you think? I just it blows my mind because there's no way to quantify what they took from him. It's look at your whole life and getting married and having a baby and watching them take their first steps and visiting your family on the holidays. All those things he never got. It was all taken away from him. Yeah. And there's no way to put a value on someone's life. Agreed. No, yeah. So, I mean, in that case, if you were faced with this, if you were the one and they came to you and they said, OK, Tanya, what are we going to do about this? What do you do? I, I just, you just keep adding zeros. There's no, there's no way to make somebody whole. There's no way to do it. There's no way. And it's not like, you know, he was able to build relationships with his family this entire life, you know, to have something to want to pass down even necessarily. Everyone in his life is a stranger. Right. Yeah. And you figure that uh, I'm trying to do the math backwards. 48 years off of 71 would be, tw he was 20... 
what does that come out to? 23? 23, 23 mm-hmm. when he went in? Yeah. So if if he had any kind of life at all, you know, if, if uh, I had I had my first son already by the time that I was 23 and my second one was on the way. But not everybody is like that. So what else did he miss out on? That again, you, you just can't compensate. If if somebody didn't start a family because they were in prison, you can't go back and, and make that right. Exactly. Tanya, thank you. I uh, appreciate you getting in. Yeah, and, and the fact that they're making him wait at all, that should be, I mean, the formula's already in place. He's eligible for up to $175,000 right now. Write him a check the day he gets out of prison. Write Can him I a look- check and let him go home. Sorry. I, look at that and go, $175,000. If the average person makes 50000 a year, and I'm just using that number because that's what Kansas put on it. Yeah. So that's three and a half years yes. of income that he's got. Then what? Then what after that? I, I, yeah, what's he I supposed to do when he, when he turns 75, you know? Right. Ugh. Yeah. Um, we need to get to a break. Felicia, contexts are coming in as well. Uh, we'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, $175,000 is the amount of money that a 71-year-old man in Oklahoma gets for 48 years of his life that he spent behind bars for a crime he did not commit. He's finally, uh, his verdict has been overturned. So now he has been released from prison. He is living off a GoFundMe for healthcare for his cancer diagnosis and everything else. And it may be years until he sees that 175. Yes. And uh, and to clarify the the limitations that we were talking about earlier, what the state is trying to do right now is a couple of different things. You have uh, this Cindy Munson who is trying to make that uh, $50,000 a year compensation that you would be eligible for. Uh, There is already a bill in the legislature in Oklahoma that would cap because right now he gets the victim compensation or not victim compensation, but he gets the compensation for the wrongly convicted, which could amount to up to one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. What they're trying to do is cap what he can sue for because he wouldn't be eligible to, you know, for that, even if they pass that fifty thousand dollars a year. He wouldn't be eligible for that because he was already he already had his conviction overturned. You, you know, before that law would pass, he's already done. His case is already okay. adjudicated. So what they're trying to do is say, if you're in a position like his, the most that you could sue for from the state is one hundred and fifty thousand. So that would be a total of three hundred and three and a quarter. Yeah, I do not understand fundamentally the um, the push to limit 
that compensation in any way. No, especially for for a case this egregious when it's 50 yeah. years almost. We'll yeah. go to Felicia, who's calling in from Carney. Hello, Felicia. Hi. So, uh, thought here. Um, if, you know, my opinion is a prosecutor should be going after the truth and not a conviction, right? And if they find evidence um, that, uh, you know, that information was withheld and the prosecutor did something wrong and this guy got convicted, I think that prosecutors should be held accountable when they're doing something that's unjust. Um, so it's complicated because we have a weird relationship with holding prosecutors personally responsible in cases like this. It's one thing if they intentionally did something wrong. If they right? hid if, evidence or something like that, right. yeah. Which we've talked about happening here. We've talked about that in KCK before. Um, it's another thing if somebody lied or they if it was intentional or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. If they intentionally you know, did not you know, share the, infant, the evidence that they had with the, with the defense attorneys, mm-hmm. You know, why didn't they do that? And then and in this case, that's what ultimately overturned his conviction. Right. Yeah. So if you've yeah, if they if they didn't cover their responsibilities in terms of discovery, then mm-hmm. I mean, that should at the very least have gotten him a new trial a very long time ago. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Well said, Felicia. Thank you. Thanks, Felicia. Thanks. Uh, we also don't know how this came to light. It's not in the background how they f- what the evidence was that the defense didn't have that they eventually found out about. And how that came to light. Again, it's been 48 years. Witnesses are dead. Yeah. You know, I mean, at this point, you don't have, prosecutor could be gone and very likely is. He's 71. So it's likely that anybody else associated with the case is no longer here. Yeah. And and to Felicia's point, I mean, I, I get the adversarial system only works if both sides go to the mattresses, right? You have to be as powerful as possible on both sides. So now you can't cheat. You know, that's not to say, okay, so they're right to cheat. No, no, no. You have to follow the rules of evidence. You have to follow the rules of discovery and all of that. But I I understand them going after him as hard as they possibly can, because ideally he would have a defense attorney who would be going after the evidence. You know how we get frustrated sometimes when defense attorneys just say the most outlandish things that we know aren't true, and we sit here and go, oh, come on. But you got to understand the prosecutors are doing the same thing. And, right. And, and so Everybody should be good at it. Everybody right. should be diligent about it. And the idea is it should even out at the end. Unfortunately, if you're poor and can't afford an attorney and have to go with a public defender who is overworked, overwhelmed, doesn't have the experience or the time to devote to your case that he probably should, then you're going to lose because the prosecutor is not going to back off because you have a lousy attorney. Yes. Um, so legislature's back in session in January in Oklahoma, like it is in most places. So we'll see what they end up doing with the bill uh, to increase the compensation. Let's talk about St. Louis. <laughs> Shall <laughs> little, we? little Christmas gift for us here uh, <sighs> and about this car crash that happened in St. Louis. This one initially came out of the Riverfront Times. Um, and, and the Riverfront Times is the alternative paper in St. Louis. They do. Now, that's not to say they don't do an excellent job. They do, but uh, they they don't tend to get as much notice as things that show up in like the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, uh, which is the big newspaper in town. And what happened was earlier this month, there was a crash. It was a police SUV that crashed into the front of a business. It was after hours, which is good, but 
there were questions almost immediately about why this crash happened and about why, of all people, it was the owner of the business who ended up under arrest. Keep in mind, a police vehicle smashed through the front of his business and then they arrested him. Okay, now you add on top of that that the business that we're talking about is a gay bar in South St. Louis. And this police cruiser goes flying through the window after hours. The man who runs the place lives over the bar. So he left a couple of his staffers downstairs to finish closing up. He was going upstairs and going to bed. And all of a sudden, blammo, this uh, this police SUV comes through the front window of the business. He comes flying back downstairs going, what is going on here? And they eventually arrested him. They accused him of res- resisting arrest. Uh, they also said that he had an outstanding warrant. And then the questions started to arise about, well, wait a minute. Um, why did you guys crash through the front of this building? And initially, the two officers involved said that they were swerving to avoid a dog and that that's why they crashed through the front window of the business. Problem with that story is there's surveillance video. Guess what? There isn't (laughs) a dog. I always look at stories like this and I think you're a police officer. Wouldn't you know, at least if you're going to lie. Mm hmm. Choose a lie that's not going to be easily provable. Yeah, and it was in video, and it was one of St. Louis's own traffic cams that got him. Right, <laughs> that's where the surveillance video came from. Was from a traffic cam, so that part of the story goes away. Now we find out that because of that surveillance video from the traffic cam, that not only was there no dog to swerve away from, the cop car ran a red light before it smashed into the front of the building. Neither officer in the vehicle was tested for drugs or alcohol because they didn't suspect impairment was a factor. Mm-hmm. It didn't fit the administrative rug. There's no <laughs> indication there was any reason to do it. Whoever this is talking, Lieutenant Colonel Renee Kreisman. Um, you know what this reminds me of? Uh, we've done other stories like this. Again, I come back to the one in South Dakota uh, with the Attorney General. You have to, if you wait till later to test... Well, they're not going to, eventually alcohol leaves your system. Yeah. (laughs) So if you wait until later to do the test, it's not going to show the same thing. Yeah. And as far as arresting him and as far as, you know, running a sheet on him and finding out, I'm trying to remember what the outstanding warrant was for, and I don't, but Mm -hmm. uh, there is this, and this came out of the Daily Beast, uh, quoting KMOX, as a matter of fact, they said the police claim that Morris, the owner of the business, the one that they arrested, screamed obscenities at them and physically attacked them after the crash striking the man, quote, hard in the chest with an open hand, according to a probable cause statement. After being told he was under arrest, police said Morris fled into a nearby alleyway, pushing a trash can at them. But he says that it was the police who beat, uh, through his attorney, the attorney says it was the police who beat his client, sharing with Vice an image of Morris with a black eye. And what hasn't been released yet is the body cam footage. I thought I saw somewhere there were no body cameras. Um, well, I, there should be. I mean, it's if, if it's St. Louis PD, and it is, they, they should all have body cams. Uh, yeah, if... Uh, the cruiser was not equipped with a dashboard camera. Okay, so, so we don't have dash cam. body cameras, but not dashboard. Right. Yeah. So, okay. so where's the body cam footage? If they're saying that this... And by the way, as far as screaming obscenities at them, you crash mm-hmm. your car through the front of my building at 10 o'clock at night, you better get yeah. ready to have some obscenities screamed at you. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean he can put his hands on them, but if he did... 
show it. Again, this lieutenant colonel says the officer behind the wheel had been distracted by his police radio before realizing he was driving too close to a parked car and overcorrected and slammed into the front wall of the bar. Uh-huh. Distracted by your police radio. Um, yeah, if that were the case, then this guy would be crashing every four or five minutes, probably. Uh, you know, every yeah. time the radio goes off. It should be noted here for the record, by the way, that the car was traveling on the other side of the road. So from that officer's perspective, the building he crashed into is on the left-hand side. So he's going down. Not only would he have to crash into the building, he would have had to go across another lane of traffic to get to the building. So distracted by his police radio and it took him 50 feet away from where he was going to smash into the front of a building, somebody is lying through their teeth here. Still on active duty. Yeah. By the way, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. At least this isn't ours. Yeah, and I'm sure it's just a coincidence that it was a gay bar. Is there anything else you'd like to say about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think it was a coincidence at all. I think they were targeting this guy. Uh-huh. Now, why they decided to smash their car through the front of his building, I have no idea. But, right. I mean, with everything they've said so far, none of it jibes. None of it makes any sense. The dog story, first and foremost, by the way, of, yeah, we were swerving to avoid a dog that wasn't there. <laughs> and now it's the radio. Yeah, what's it going to be next time? Yeah, you shouldn't be doing the job if you're if 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 the radio that tells you where you need to go is a distraction. Yeah. And and yeah, and the other piece of this that we didn't mention is that what what he says caused the initial consternation between him and the officers was when they he says when they smashed through the front of the building and he came back downstairs, they started demanding that he show ID. And he's saying, "You no, no, you crashed through my <laughs> building." Uh-huh. Why are you asking me for ID? I should be asking you for ID. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the whole thing is just so screwy. Um, he was eventually handcuffed. He was, uh, they say he was not arrested or charged. Well, yeah, if you handcuff somebody, you arrested them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was never charged with anything. Uh, he said he came out wanting to know why his partner had been handcuffed and not the driving officer, after which tensions flared and the situation escalated. I, it's just a mess. And and they're not telling the truth. They're just flat lying about what happened here. Uh, somebody just asked on the text line, why was there no dash cam? Uh, they said it was because it was an older model patrol car that wasn't equipped with them. Well, get it equipped with them. They're not that so, expensive. Yeah. And, and older model. <laughs> okay. It, it would still work. Uh-huh. So. All right. We'll take a break. Coming up, we have to talk about a remake that's being done of a Patrick Swayze movie. And who is playing him? And why this choice was made. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. This is the most obscure like, of everything we could have played. Um, what, who, who, what, who, who is responsible for what I'm listening to? Oh, this is uh, the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000 with the Patrick Swayze Christmas. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't unhear this. So um, the movie that Patrick Swayze did immediately after Dirty Dancing was Roadhouse. Um, and so <laughs> Patrick Swayze, special place in my heart. Like it was one of those like celebrity deaths occasionally will hit you. Sure. And when Patrick Swayze was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and then died, like big deal. So Roadhouse, which originally came out in 1989, is being remade. Why? I don't know. I am taking issue with the choice of the actor to play Dalton, which was Patrick Swayze's role in Roadhouse. For those who have never seen Roadhouse, the original, 
do we need to lay out the movie a bit here? Yeah. Uh, well, he's he's the bouncer, right? I mean, he's he's the guy tasked with uh, with keeping the peace at this roadhouse. Yeah, that's the bottom line of it. Um, I'm, I'm on the movie database page for Roadhouse. If you're curious, you know that they have that trivia section mm-hmm. on movie data. There's like a hundred entries here about that movie. If you're curious about it, um, the thing to know about Patrick Swayze, if you don't remember the way that he was built as a person, um, Patrick Swayze was a ballet dancer before he became an actor, lanky, skinny, long torso, long legs, muscular, but for a dancer. He was, yeah, he was that classic wedge shape where he was very yeah. wide across the shoulders and then very narrow at the at the hips and then down to the feet. Yeah. He's very lean. Right, yes. Yeah. But but in a way that you... But he was yeah. cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a, just a particular... Again, I just come back to the ballet dancer. There, there's, a, there's a shape to that. The choice to play Dalton in the Roadhouse remake is Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Who I don't dislike, uh huh. But there are pictures out now, so this is coming out next year, um, and I think it's going to be on Amazon Studios is producing this. So they came out with a sizzle reel about what he looks like in Roadhouse, and they've they've I got an image that puts them like side by side, Jake Gyllenhaal and Patrick Swayze. Why? Why Jake Gyllenhaal? I could not tell you. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, just in terms of body type, he looks nothing like him. Now, I, I will give all the credit in the world, and Jake Gyllenhaal has done this before. Mm-hmm. When he bulks up, boy, does he bulk up. Uh, what was what was the movie that he... Southpaw. No, no, no. There was another Southpaw one. Southpaw got huge. Uh, uh, there, there, was a, there was one that was set like in ancient Egypt. Um uh. Yeah, and I can't remember what it was, but but in that one, I mean, the dude was just like, wow. I've never <laughs> seen him bigger, and I told Jamie, I've never seen him bigger than how big he was in Southpaw. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, uh, definitely. But uh, but yeah, he's he's much stockier than yeah. than Patrick he's Swayze. B- big time. He's in also, every way. even though he doesn't look it, he's also a little bit taller than yeah, pa- Patrick inches. Swayze. Yeah, he's six foot, and Patrick Swayze was 5'10". But the thing is, I mean, if you watch, even if you, especially if you watch Dirty Dancing, because Jennifer Grey was tiny, but you look at him and he looks like he's six six because yeah, he is I, so thin. Sorry, yeah. When I heard he was five ten, yeah. I thought, wow, <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't think he would be, um, but yeah, I, I mean, and even in terms of the the movies that they've done and the kind of characters that they've portrayed. I mean, I'll give him a shot. Like you said, I don't mind Jake Gyllenhaal, but when I think of Jake Gyllenhaal, I think Donnie Darko. I don't think Roadhouse. Yeah, I just, I have pictures of them side by side and maybe just because Patrick Swayze close to my heart. Patrick Swayze's waist, I mean, is a tiny little thing compared. It it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. I, I, I don't, I don't know who we could have cast instead, but, and why are we remaking Roadhouse? Yeah, I know. What was wrong with Roadhouse? That it, well, money. (laughs) Money and we don't have to pay a screenwriter. We already have a screenplay. Uh, I, I go through this every time. I mean, there are so many movies that either didn't age well or weren't done as well as they could have been done. Why don't you grab one of those and remake it instead of taking something that's already a classic and remaking it? Yeah, some of you were texting in. Um, did we get the character wrong? Dalton was not a bouncer. He was a a cooler, somebody said. A cooler? 
What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Wasn't um, that the, his like title because he cools down the fights? Yeah. Well, that's oh right. okay. Right, well, but same. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's what a bouncer does too. Prince of Persia. That was the one that I was trying to remember. Yeah. Look, look up if you've got a chance. Do a Google image search on Jake Gyllenhaal in Prince of Persia. <laughs> it's like okay. he's laughably big in that movie. Um, so it comes out next year, presumably on Amazon Prime. If that's something that you have any desire whatsoever to see, it'll do well. People like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he'll be hot in it. It'll it'll do fine. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I just wish they would stop doing this. Stop ruining our good time. I guess you know you can go and see the original still. I'm sure it's out there yeah. streaming somewhere, and I would encourage you to do that on VHS if you want to get a hold of it that way. You probably could. <laughs> um, all right, we have a thousand stories we have not gotten to today. It's just been so fast. Um, if you don't have one in mind, we can go to Boston. The, yeah, Christmas ish story. About uh, these carolers. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and do that because it gives us a, a chance to just hop on Boston again. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I put on our sheet this morning that, uh, you know, it's, it's not Christmas until elderly carolers in Boston end up being assaulted by hooligans. And that's really what happened here uh, out of the town of Dorchester in Boston. Police are seeking charges against two teenagers who allegedly attacked a group of elderly Christmas carolers Sunday on Johnston Road at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I, what else? What else could Boston possibly do that would be more hateful than there's a bunch of old people caroling? Let's beat the tar out of them. So far, a 15 and 16 year old have been arrested, according mm-hmm. to the Boston Police Department. Thank goodness this was at three in the afternoon. Um, group of carolers were facing a home when two elderly singers were attacked from behind and punched multiple times in the back of the head. There it is. That's what. That's what is more hateful than attacking elderly carolers. Attacking them blindside. Coming up behind them. Oh, boy, you know, what says tough guy? Like, I beat up an old lady when I jumped her from behind. Merry Christmas to you. The only thing that... Merry Christmas. The only thing that that gets to me about this story is how did this not happen in Philadelphia? But, you know, if it was going to be anywhere else, it would have been Boston. You're staying in town, John. Colin's driving. Yes. I'm driving. We're all back next week. Both of you, drive safely. I can't do the show without you. So, (laughs) yes, Uh, uh, do that. And Merry Christmas to everybody who takes part in this show in any way. Listening, calling, texting, whatever it is. Merry Christmas to you. You too. Be safe. We'll be back with you next week here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.